Hi. Hi. This is Sip. Survive. And repeat. I'm Jenny. I'm Danelle. And I'm Kenny. This um, is the podcast where we drink wine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We're oh. going to tell survival stories. And, and drink wine. And drink wine. <laughs> That's, and we just keep doing it every great, Tuesday. And we repeat it. Every Tuesday. Hence well, the title. We, Get with it. We technically do stuff like any time of the week, but it gets released. It gets dropped, as the kids say. Drop it like those fries. Drop oh. it like it's hot. Um, um, so I was... Wait, wait, speaking of, as the kids say, have you guys heard the new term, drop the tea or spill the tea? I've heard spill, spill the, the tea. tea. Spill the tea. Which is I've like, never like heard that before. That means oh. like spill the gossip, the gossip. right? Yeah, but okay. now they say like, I got the tea. If you have the gossip, it's like the new thing. <laughs> me and Kenny always have the tea, but we're talking about actual tea bags. <laughs> You're talking Kim, Kim about was loosely? telling me this. She's like, so the kids now say like, I got the tea, like got the tea on Danelle and Jenny. Oh, like they got the okay. gossip. That's kind of classy. So if, if we want to stay it. like, you know, hip, we should, I, we, I don't think which, they say hip anymore, but if we want to stay <laughs> cool. Jenny and I need all the help we can get. <laughs> yeah. We're old as Because Kenny, you're hip. Yeah, Kenny, you're uh, hip. You're fine. You're, but the fact that he's telling us hip things means Only he's getting older. Only because my girlfriend, you know, teaches, kids. teaches high school kids. 15, 16 yeah, year olds. So she knows. Yeah. My favorite saying is hot goss. The hot goss. Um, it's probably hot tea now. I mean. The hot tea. Whatever. I like I like hot goss. I mean, is it, is it loose leaf or is it, is it in a bag? In a, in a bleached bag? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe some sort of, what is that called when you put it in and it's in like a, a diffuser, a tea diffuser? Tea diffuser, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Got. Oh my God, we're so dumb. Um, we're drinking a uh, great wine that we were drinking in a previous episode, or maybe the next episode, depending on what order no, we listen. Probably oh, yeah. previous. Yes, probably. Uh, so this one is again, if you missed last week, uh, it's a Pacificana California wine, 2018, oak aged Merlot, and it's 13.9 percent ABV, which is a nice number. Let's see if they say anything about it. Um. No, 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 no. It's a happy place where mountains meet the sand and the great Pacific meets the sky and the waves, blah, blah, blah. So it's pretty good. It's got a little at the end, if you're looking for that kind of thing. A little bite. Yeah. Um, and I got it from Wink. So if you had, I, they're not a sponsor. I don't know why I keep plugging them, but that's where I get a lot of my wines from because they, they, show, be. up at my, they show up at my office at work. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love that you have your wine delivery shipped to work. Someone has a well, you have for to, it. though, yeah. I mean, Donald, my husband, does work from home now, but he's in the basement, and he usually has, like, headphones on. Yeah. So I'm just like, nah. And then we have access to it if exactly. it's safe to work, so. Yeah. Right. We always have a nice supply. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I wanted to tell you this thing that I just saw on Facebook. Oh, fuck. It went away. Uh, I'll try and remember what it said. I just saw something on Facebook. So you know the coronavirus? Mm-hmm. Um, First well, broke here. has a new name. What is it? It's like don't know i'll keep talking I'll let okay you know. modella no <laughs> guys guys that was, a good one. that was a good one no it's pacifico um <laughs> shit no uh so there's a, sh- a cruise ship that yes. has been quarantined mm-hmm. and um apparently there was a couple on the cruise ship that ordered wine to be delivered to them on the cruise ship via drone <laughs> stop <laughs> that's, that's true ah, they're I'm, like listen if we're gonna get sick Let's do it. Let's do it right. And have a great time. Yeah. Well, because I'm sure not everyone on the boat has it. So it's like right. people who don't are just like, shit, what am I doing now? It's so sad because they've been um, sitting there for a while now. I can't. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, does the food run out? Are they going to like drop? They'll drone package? food there. I guess. If they're droning wine. wine why not? 
I just can't believe this they couple deserve was like, it. let's do this. Okay, so it's now called the disease. The new coronavirus disease is called COVID-19. Making sure not to reference Wuhan or like other brands, essentially. They don't want... Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's a reasoning between... COVID-19. Coronavirus they, is going to be what it's called. Why don't though. they just call it like SARS-2020? Because it's a, it's a form of the SARS. Yeah. I don't... Under, I mean... Did you know that, Kenny? I didn't know it was a form of the SARS. Yeah. It's yeah. Like so a, SARS is a coronavirus. Uh, MERS, also a coronavirus. I did not know that. I was just recently listening to the special on uh, this podcast, I'll Kill You, about coronavirus. And so they said, just so you all know, coronavirus isn't new. This has been around for a long time. This is just a different strain. And they also mentioned in the episode that you are far more likely to get the flu than you are to get the COVID-19 virus. Have you guys heard about the guy in Europe who's just purposely spreading it? No. Stop. No. Why? He's just going around like trying to spread it. He's like spread it to like 20 people or something, which seems low. But why? People are crazy. What's the town <laughs> that it first broke out in? What's it called? What? Wuhan. Wuhan. Did you know the conspiracy behind Wuhan? Conspiracy theory? Mm-hmm. No. What? Spill so, the tea. Wuhan <laughs> supposedly is the first city that they're testing the 5G network in. Oh. And the conspiracy theory is, if any, if I have any of you out there, is that they've been testing. They turned on the 5G in October, and there's they're saying there's a link between how it loose or it lowers your immune system and that's why these people are catching it because somehow the radio waves from the 5g or whatever the waves come from the 5g are lowering people's immune system who normally wouldn't catch this disease are now catching it <gasps> uh, i don't believe that oh i don't know i kind of i'm kind of in i mean that is a conspiracy and it's a theory. whole cover-up because they want 5g to be the new thing and so there's a lot of push for it right hence, if you watch the super bowl um, so that's just a little conspiracy theory. I'm not saying it's true. I don't know, but that's, but that's what you're saying. Kenny Shaky like, said no. Absolutely not. I kind of believe it, but I love stuff like that. So, okay. <laughs> I feel like Wi-Fi would have done that to us by now. Yeah, but 5G is a different wavelength than Wi-Fi. Fair. A wavelength, but like, that hasn't can 5G been around in the U.S. since like October? No. Kim's had yet. it on her phone since like last not July. Yet. It's not. It's not like a full thing yet. Then why is it saying on the phone? I don't get it. I don't understand 5G. It's all a lie, Kenny. Don't you get No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. I'm not it's like I'm not that technical. Yeah, I don't understand it either. I guess this was the test city though, for like a full blown, like they turned it on and like for a whole city. Yeah, and... for a whole city. Gotcha. So um, wow. there's that. Wow. Hopefully that's not true. I'm because that's bad news for all of us. It'll be terrible. Um on the exciting news front. Uh, my son Declan, who's four and a half, has finally decided that pooping on the toilet is a great idea. That's amazing. Congratulations to Declan Day. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, he, and I, Jenny. <laughs> congrats to me. Uh, I went upstairs probably like a week ago uh, and checked on him because he was supposed to be in bed and he wasn't in his bed. And I was like, God damn it, where'd this kid go? Because like he just like gets out of bed and goes in the playroom. And, like he's just all over the place. So I come out in the hallway and I'm about to go look for him and he comes out of the bathroom and he goes, mama, I just pooped. And I'm like, in your pants. I'm like on the toilet. And he goes, yeah, I felt like I had to go. So I went to the bathroom and I went, ah, ah, woo! and then I had toys on the ready. So I brought him toys and he could pick one 
And then we went and got more toys over the weekend. So as he poops, he can get more toys. Eventually, the toys are going to have to taper off. I don't Mm -hmm. know how that's going to go. But right now, it's working. So I'm going to keep doing it. So has he gone on the toilet every time? Yes. (gasps) Jenny. Since that night, he has not pooped in his pants. It's happening. Knock, knock, knock. Now, here is the secret story I refrained from telling you. I think I didn't tell you either. So he had to go to the bathroom, apparently, over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And he went into, like, our half bath, which is off the kitchen. um, And he pooped. And there was no toilet paper. Mm. So he grabbed the hand towel that you wipe wipe your hands off (laughs) with after you wash them. And wiped his butt with that. Oh. Did he try to flush it? No, he brought it to me. At least there was that. Thankfully. Yeah. He brought me this towel. he didn't put it back. And he handed it to me and said, Mama, this needs to be washed. And I go, fine, put it, put it in your hamper. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, no, you should wash it right now. And I was like, all right, weirdo. So I just like threw it in the laundry room. Well, then Donald was doing laundry later and he couldn't figure out what was on the hand towel and he smelled it. Oh. And then we all got together and discussed how hand towels are not appropriate butt wiping devices. But then he's like, but mom and dad, maybe you should fill the toilet paper roll back up. He did bring up a good point that there was absolutely no toilet paper in that bathroom. Uh, so I will say a blame is on me and Donald as well. But Donald was it all pissed. It could have pissed. been worse. Yeah, he could have flushed it. it. Fl- yeah. And he and flooded the bathroom. You. Yeah. Yes. I will say he didn't flush it. I and he didn't of, use it. I appreciate appreciate his resourcefulness or the fact that he came to you assuming that you're the one gonna do laundry like Declan no he and just at knows least he wiped take this to your dad at least he wiped we're just staying away I, from skid marks I don't house. know what I would have done it for but I feel like I would have been like eh and walked away I right don't know. or he could have put it back and someone could have washed <gasps> their hands and oh, used it that's a valid point. so smart boy at least he knows that it's it was wrong yeah. to some degree and that yep. I should wash that before congratulations someone their hands. Declan Day You've arrived. You have arrived. It is your day. He was wearing dinosaur underpants uh, to school today. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Hey, yeah. Thanks. That's been us. How long have you been struggling with that? For a good eight like, months? Or maybe a year? I mean, we've been trying. Like a year? Yeah, year I feel like half. he's been. We've, he's been peeing on the toilet for a long time. Yeah. It's just he would not poop. And I'm telling you guys, the shit that comes out of this kid is huge like man like a looks like a 40 year old man broke into my house and took a shit in the toilet and then Declan came in and went I did it like it's so big it's like the size of my forearm it's like how is that in you and thank god I don't have to clean up after it anymore well and I think when he would do it in his diaper only a little could come out at a time so I'd end up changing his diaper like four times in a row whereas now he can just I'm so happy for you thank you thank you I don't wish that upon anybody it was something so (laughs) Anyway, it's a great day. It's a great day to be alive. February is a great month so far. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So should we talk about survival stories? Yes. I think I'm going to go first today. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is the survival story of Melinda Ballard and Ron Allison and their son Reese. And Reese's pieces. I watched a forensic files this past weekend. Oh yeah, you did. And I stole this ditty from that. And I think this is a great little story. So, okay, back up. Melinda was born. She's kind of the main character in the story. But Mm. she was born in 1958, and she was a sassy former executive. That's what I wrote. Did she wear shoulder pads? What year is this? Oh, hell yeah, she did. Um, This is like uh, late 90s. Okay. So probably not. But in the 80s, you know she rocked it. Yeah, there were some shoulder pads hanging out in the 90s. Yeah. And so basically she owned her own PR firm Mm -hmm. and then sold her PR firm and then she was still on the board. So she's like 
the real deal makes great money. Her husband, um, Ron, was also a, an investment banker, but he all, he headed up like a certain like corporate investments and was like they had a lot of money. They were fucking rich. So they, they lived in New rich. York City. Um, were living the life. They were tired of the hustle and bustle, so they bought their dream home in Austin, Texas. Oh shit! Okay, it was about thirty miles outside of Austin. And this house was a mansion. It had 22 rooms. Damn. It was 12,000 square feet. How, how many? Um, 12,000. Uh-huh. And it was on 72 acres of Jeez. land. Okay. It was The house was actually a replica of the famed plantation mansion in Gone with the Wind. Oh. So pure Texas, like all the way through and through. It had a, it had a, um, I would have liked it better if it was a replica of the Alamo. Oh, no. <laughs> Gone with the wind. It had a, it had horses, a gazebo, a pond, you know, all the fixins. So um, <laughs> let's see. They they had a son. He was three once they moved in the house, Reese, like I said. Um, and their life was great. They loved their jobs. They were workaholics. They loved their son. They finally had their dream home. But everything changed in February of 1999. Um, their son, Reese was starting to get sick he was showing like flu-like symptoms and nosebleeds speech delays issues walking he was regressing very quickly Uh so for example he at three could say all of his abcs i don't know if that's normal or not i feel like that's pretty standard but okay so he could say all of his abcs and at that point he no longer could get past the letter d Mm. So something was cognitively going on with him. Can I tell you a quick quick sidebar over here? Yes, I can take a drink. Um, I would like to mention that uh, Declan also uh, was having some trouble remembering the word 17. Did I already tell you this? Mm -mm. So he would count and be like, one, two, three. And then he'd get to like 14, 15, 16, 11. I'm like, (laughs) 11? And then all of a sudden it got all wacky and it was like 10, 11. So like threw him off. 18. I'm like, no, those are, that's not in order. You're missing 17. Oh my God. So anyway. So he would get stuck on after D. Um, Okay. Not like 11. And like any parent, which I'm sure you can attest to the, um, they thought that it was just, he was getting sick from preschool because there are a lot of kids there and just picking up illnesses and it's a petri dish they took him to doctor after doctor nothing they couldn't find anything wrong with him Mm. um soon after melinda's husband ron started showing also signs of sickness and but his is more like memory loss um well i would say the abc thing is memory loss well yeah get to d but not he didn't have like flu-like symptoms it was more like all cognitive for her husband Uh um so one time he went to the grocery store and which should have been like a 20 minute run like he was just going to get a couple things Mm -hmm. and five hours later he returns home and she's like where the hell were you ron and he was like i couldn't remember where i parked or what car i drove and so he was having short-term like severe short-term memory loss so he also was taken to multiple doctors and they told him that he had um alzheimer's like preset alzheimer's he was in his 30s oh my god no so uh, they can I just be honest about so, sometimes i truly forget people's names oh yeah i never remember people's names um to the point of like i've said their name a lot of times and mm. i still don't know oh. i can know okay like in my neighborhood i know all the animals names <laughs> but i don't know the people's names and i'm sure that's by choice i mean i like my neighbors i just would rather know that coco's the dog and i don't remember bart is the owner well you can just be like hey coco's dad yeah what's up right even though he has other kids so 
it would be weird. No, I still call my pets my babies. Um, <laughs> so let's see. Da, 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 da. So a few months passed of this, and Melinda happened to be traveling to Dallas. She was getting, she was starting to get sick, but not like her um, husband and son. And no one could figure it out. And no one could figure it out. They've been to, they've had allergy tests. They've had every kind of test you could ever think of. I mean, remember, these people had money. So they went to see every doctor they could think of. Um, So she was traveling to Dallas, and she boarded a Southwest Airlines flight, which does not matter at all. I don't know why that's in here, but... Well, I mean, she probably enjoyed the flight because the flight attendants were just so, so funny. Friendly. And this flight would change her life forever. She sat next to a man. Um, his name was Bill Holder. And she was chatting up some other, you know, people sitting around her and telling her about what was going on in her family. Mm-hmm. And as she was telling them the story, she started coughing. And he noticed that she was also coughing up blood. <gasps> so she was starting to get sick, too. Oh, shit. And Bill turned to her. He was sitting right next to her. And he said, have you ha- have you ever had a water leak in your house? And she was like, actually, yeah, a couple months ago I did. This was April Everything started in February, so it was also happening very quickly, like mm-hmm. the sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, yeah, actually, we did recently have a water leak and um, causing the downstairs floors to buckle, the wood floors. And she called a plumber. She did all the things that any normal person would do. Um, they fixed it. it. turned out to be the refrigerator line. This is what she's telling him. And um, when Bill heard the story, he suspected that the issues that were making her family so sick had to do with mold. So he mentioned to her that, listen, I own a company. We specialize in mold mitigation. I can come out and test for you. They're, they were from the same town, like oh. around the same area because they're on the same She's flight. like, I live in the Gone with the Wind house. Come right. on over. You, you know the one. And she dismissed him at first because she was like, I'm not a dirty person. Like, my house is clean. Like, it's spotless. Like, mold isn't necessarily a dirty person situation. Exactly. But that was her first initial thought. I get like, it. It's, she dismissed him very quickly. And she also said, you know what? My whole family's been tested for allergies and none of us are allergic to mold, which is a thing that they test for when you go for an allergy test. Okay. Um, but then Bill explained that there is also toxic mold that's not an allergen. It's a poison. Uh-oh. And she hired Bill right on the spot. So Bill arrived to her house with his team and the first place they checked was behind the refrigerator and the floorboards. And so they took all their little samples. It's nothing that's like they find that day. And um, the test came back overwhelmingly positive for stachyobotrys. No, not even close. Black mold is what it came back for. <laughs> that was I tried to I tried to spell it like you say it, and it's not even fucking close. So I'm just gonna call it black mold. <laughs> okay. If I could just tell you guys how I spelled this, it's hilarious. So, Good job, Janelle. Um, it came back as black mold, and that's the most dangerous toxic kind of mold. There are lots of different types of black mold, but this particular kind is the worst you can get. Um, so according to Moldopedia, which is a thing. What? Yes. I even showed Kenny today. He So we have it. Wikipedia, Murderpedia, and, and Moldopedia. Yes. So this is the most toxic deadly mold. It's it generates spores that create microtoxins. Oh god. And the symptoms from this type of black mold include respiratory problems, mm-hmm. skin inflammation, mm-hmm. hemorrhaging, um, irritation of your mucous membranes, mm-hmm. damage to internal organs, um, cognitive delays um was I've that had, on purpose that I've you had did two that glasses delay? of wine no i've had <laughs> two glasses of wine and i'm getting like, tipsy um, cognitive delays tiredness nausea and immune system suppression mm. and 
wind really essentially leaks inside of walls above ceilings or under floors or common causes of black mold and it only takes up to eight days for black mold to harvest and spread oh jesus so it's very quick so but it's like hiding so you can't really see it unless you look for it nope so um so for Melinda and her family, unfortunately, it was severe and it was fucking everywhere. Oh in no, house. not in the Gone with the Wind house. It was it was everywhere and it was even in the air. When they came back and did air tests, it was like it was in all the like ventilation, everything. Mm-mm. So burn it down, burn that house down. For um, when Bill and his team actually were at the house doing the air tests, a couple of his team members didn't have the proper clothing on and they had when they they had to leave the house and one guy actually passed out after he left the house like on the way to his car because it was so intense that's oh how bad God. it was and they're just living in it like this right. is fine right um so after all the results came back the family they were told to evacuate as soon as possible leave all your belongings get the fuck out of there oh my god um so they left with nothing their house was so bad that the only option was to demolish the house and that doesn't mean like bulldozer it because you can't do that because the spores will be released and whatever so they had to dismantle piece by piece the house and like seal it up bag it up and like take it to like a toxic waste plant um this would have cost this would have cost them over a million dollars to do you can't just burn it down no great because it'll be released in the air the insurance company offered them two hundred thousand dollars that's not even a quarter of what and they need. And so not only are they losing their house, they can't live on the property because it's like mold city. Mold city. Um, but they're also being offered $200,000. So um, so what to backtrack a little bit, their insurance company they were using is Farmers Insurance. We are Dicks. farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, and they don't cover anything. Okay. Keep that in mind, case. people. Unless you want to sponsor the I mean, show. I'm sure all. Case, feel free. I'm sure all insurance companies are like this, but during the first water leak that they reported, they reached out. She had all the proper documentation to farmer's insurance to see if they could get the wet flooring repaired. And I know Jenny, you had a leak one, so you Mm -hmm. went through this and they were told in writing to not do any of the work to wait for the insurance company or they could lose all their coverage. So they waited and that's when the mold grew and that's when it became crazy. So here's the, here's the fun part for me. Uh, we did wait for insurance to some degree, but Donald is such a handy guy that he just started ripping shit up left mm-hmm. and right. Like that floor was out in no time. Well, they weren't handy, so they left it. Mm-hmm. And probably that's not what for I very long, done. probably for like a week or two, but that's enough time. That's enough time. Gross. So Melinda being a badass, she was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm suing the insurance company. Ooh. So um, for the loss of their $6 million house. Gone with the wind. That's what she was suing them for. So the jury only took two days to come back with a verdict, um, but it wasn't the settlement she was looking for. They came back with a $32 million award for her in her family. That wasn't what she was looking for? She was looking for only $6 million. They gave her $32 million. Oh, damn. That poor lady. Yeah. Oh, damn. Now, they did, after the fact, they did, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The insurance company went back and tried to reverse it so it's still appealed appeal it thank you it's still being tied up in court a little bit but Mm. she was awarded 32 million dollars so relieved that they could move forward the family's still not the same the poison the mold poisoning was so intense that um the health problems continued in fact her husband ron ended up having to quit his job he couldn't function um with his short-term memory loss he 
at, at the age of 36, he was actually diagnosed with toxic, um, some long word, which is basically a form of brain damage. So he can function, but he doesn't remember. Like every day he has a little journal where he has to write like his list of things to do and has to follow them. He takes courses at a community college or he was taking courses at a community college just to like help relearn things. And it's really, the sad thing is, is I don't know what happened to the son. Oh, they don't say anywhere. So I don't know if he, I mean, I think he's still alive, but I don't, I don't know know if if he got better. I don't know if he got better or yeah. Um, so from all of this, Melinda actually started her own company called Policy Holders of America. And mm. the company is set up to protect families from insurance companies trying to screw them over and take advantage of them. So there's oh. a website for that. It's still up and running. It's all good. The sad news is, is Melinda actually passed away in 2013 at the age of 55, not related to any of these issues, just from like, I'm not really sure what happened, but yeah. But they fought the insurance company. They won. And they also were the really first case against mold and brought a lot of awareness to mold. And now mm-hmm. I think things are different whenever you make a claim and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's the survival story of Melinda Ballard, Ron Allison, and Reese, the family. Reese's pieces. Cutie pie. You guys. I oh know. my God. So who knew? Black mold. Black mold. I know when we bought our house, we had um, the owner had a flood, the sump pump mm-hmm. backed up. And so she had replaced all of the carpet in the basement and it was all brand new carpet. Everything looked good when we were getting our home inspection. He like shined a light in the one water room where mm. she has like a, um, she had like a sanitation water system or whatever. And there was mold everywhere. In there. <gasps> so we had to have a whole mold, but it was say it wasn't black mold. It was like, you're everyone has mold in their house, but it was like the insurance. She had not let the carpet dry out enough before they replaced it because per the insurance company. Oh. So um, she had ended up paying like seven thousand oh, dollars. Jesus. We didn't pay for it. She paid not. for the whole house to be like mold mitigated and everything. Oh my god. And then they come back in and they retest and everything tested po- negative. So we're all good. <sighs> but it's a thing, people. When you buy a house, get a home inspection, pay to get the mold test. Yeah. All day long. I mean, mm-hmm. that would have cost us seven grand if we. I would like to tell you that uh, Donald, for some reason or another, looked at our sump pump the other day, mm-hmm. and it wasn't working. <gasps> and he was like, "It's a good thing we haven't had any big storms. Yeah, we, this shit could have been flooded." So, you know, you can get a little. We have a little Simply Safe thing that we put like a little device that mm-hmm. if it backs up, you can. Oh, Simply Safe! Do you want to be a sponsor of the show? That'd be great. Yay! Reach out to Jenny Day or SipsRiverPete at gmail dot com. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. Go, Jenny. Oh God. Okay. All right. Here we go. Jenny's is. This is very. I okay. I don't know what it is, but I heard it's gruesome. Okay. Here's the thing. I, as you guys know, I like to watch reenactments and like whatever these documentary type shows that talk about survivors which is great I also watch ones about just like straight murder you guys I'm not gonna lie to you I like true crime well yeah um this was the most difficult one I felt sick and nauseous oh well, tell me more was, as she was talking about this okay uh our survivor's name is Melissa McCormick okay she was 19 years old and it was 1976 Okay. She's from Canada. Shout out Canada. Hey. Uh, she lived in Windsor. And she lived in a very... Been there. I, but she lived in, she said like a small town. So I don't know if it was like outside of Windsor or maybe Windsor was small in the set. I don't know. But she said it was very like small town. Everyone knew each other. Shout out to Peppermints. So, so then... Nail strip club is, in <laughs> Windsor. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. 
So, um, did you say it's a male strip club? Yeah. Mm, okay. okay. Guess where we're going this weekend? Peppermints. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, her and her friends, uh, you know, they're 19 and, um, they decided they wanted to go out for the evening, just mm-hmm. like 19 year olds like to do. Like, go to Peppermint's, enjoy a little night out. Well, no, they oh. liked to go. It was 1976. They liked to go to the disco, Detroit. Oh, <laughs> no offense, Detroit. But this is when it wasn't quite Detroit as we know it today. Like, Detroit used to be like hustling and bustling. Detroit's yeah. up and coming now. Yeah, I is feel it? like there was there was a yeah. lull there. Okay. Here's the thing. In 1976, when she went there, it was starting to get a little dicey. Like it around that time is when it wait what time frame? Sorry, 76. Oh, okay. Around that time, it got it was the murder capital of the USA. Like it was a rough place. Okay. So I think there were good parts and bad parts, but she just loved being in the city. Like she loved the lights, she loved the action because she came from this small town. So whatever. So her and her friends often would drive to Detroit to go out and have fun. And then they would come back to Windsor and you know, that's where they lived. Um, so it was her and I believe two friends. And after they went out in Detroit, I don't know if it was to a club or something, I'm guessing a club or a disco and they're dancing it up. Boop, boop, boop. And then, um, they're like, you know what? We're not ready to call it a night. Let's get in our cars. Let's drive back to Windsor. We'll go to such and such pub Mm -hmm. and just like nightcap. Yeah. Like chat, have another drink, then go home. Great. So um, they had driven separately, like her two friends and then her had driven separately. I don't know why. Didn't say that. So her friends are ahead of her. She's driving and she's on some freeway. I'm going to see if I can find it. Not that it's important. Like crossing the bridge into Windsor, do you think? Or like, are they? I don't know if they even got to Canada. Okay. The Lodge Freeway. Yes. The Lodge Freeway. Kenny. Kenny with the facts. So she crosses over the lodge freeway they're going and all of a sudden she blows her tire and she said she heard oh. the pop it was like loud she heard the pop she pulled over and she got out of her car i'm gonna be honest with you if your car breaks down or you pop a tire stay in it i feel like you should stay in it and leave your seatbelt on but it's also the 70s so again I, feel like- I agree yes it's the 70s things were fucking different yeah but I'm telling you, safety-wise, I'm pretty sure the rule is stay in your car. Stay in your car. Because if another car hits you and you're inside yeah. your car with your seatbelt on, you're going to be more protected than if you're just flailing around on the side of the road and the right. shoulder. Right, um, Again, the 70s, she got out because she thought she could like flag someone down to help her. Okay. Her friends, again, were ahead of her, so they got to the bar, and they kind of thought nothing of it when she didn't show up. They thought, oh, she must have been tired and went home. Because, again, yeah. cell phones, not a thing. Yeah. So. And we've all done that where we've been like, oh, yeah, I'll meet you at the next bar. Then you just peace, peace out, out there. You ghost out. You ghost yeah. out. Irish goodbye. Irish goodbye. Yes. My favorite thing to do <laughs> to anybody. So she, uh, yeah. <laughs> so she, um, she gets out of her car. She's looking around. Um, hold on. Oh, they don't have his name. I don't remember his name. Anyway, someone pulled over, and it was a guy, and he got out of the car, and she was a little nervous at first, but he was actually a really good Samaritan. So okay. he helped her. He got out her spare tire. He changed her tire for oh. her, like, and he had just finished, and she was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. This is so amazing. Um, I can't believe you stopped to help me. Uh, and then all of a sudden, another car pulled up. Oh, no. And, like, six guys got out, and they surrounded her mm. and the do-gooder. I'm going to call him the do-gooder. Okay. I forget his name. 
We call him Chad. I don't know. Anyway. I don't see his name in this article. I know. Chad. So anyway, Melissa's standing there with Mr. Do-Gooder, surrounded by these guys, and they start robbing them. What? Mm-hmm, at gunpoint. So she, given all her money, her ID, and, you know, Do-Gooder's doing the same thing. They grab Do-Gooder, they tie him up, and they put him in the trunk of a car. I don't know which okay. car. His own, I think. Okay. Put him in the trunk of his car, closed it. Didn't kill him. Just left him locked in his own trunk. Again, the 70s, there's no escape from there's the There's no trunk. escape latch. Right. <laughs> okay. So he's in the trunk. Then Melissa's like, here, you can take everything. Take my car. Like, oh, no. So they took everything, including Melissa. So that's, they, that's so scary because you think you're safe and you're, you're getting ready to get in your car and leave and go to your destination and then something like that. Like, you just don't think that that's going to... And how insane gonna, would it... Like, six guys walk up to you with guns? And how are all... Yeah, okay. They might have had more than one car, but I think they were all in one car, I mm. think. Anyway, they drag her to her car um, and uh, they drag her to their car. Okay. Then a couple of them get in her car and steal her car. So now they're split into two cars. And she's in their car. Yes. Okay. And immediately, they're just all over her. Just touching her everywhere. Gross. Um, and when she starts to cry, they hit her. Hmm. So she's getting, like, beaten and a little bit molested at this point. One of the guys, one of the abductors says, hey, my mom has to work tonight. We can go to my mom's house. Which I'm like what what's wrong with you yeah so they go basically back down to the detroit area but she's not 100 percent sure where they are um they get her out of the car they bring her into this dude's mom's house and they put her in a bedroom and tie her to the bed okay i'm gonna breeze over this part because it's very disturbing there were 12 guys total 12 at the house. now mm-hmm. and it's a gang okay He's calling me. It's a gang, and there's 12 guys. And for the next several hours, they rape her. Ugh. So it's a gangbang. It's awful. For multiple hours. In the documentary or the reenactment, that's what made me so uncomfortable. It was just like, how could you endure that? And she was crying and stuff. And the more she cried, the more they'd hit her. And the entire time she was getting raped, they had a gun to her head. Oh, my God. And... Here's what this superstar did, Melissa. As this was this all... This article says 12 hours. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was 12 hours of torture. I don't oh, know. It wasn't okay. rape the entire 12 hours because gotcha. more stuff happens. Okay. It was 12 hour, a 12 hour, hour ordeal, but at least several. They didn't say how many. They had several uh, was ra- being raped repeatedly by these guys. Um, she said while she was laying there... Because after a while, it, it was super painful. She, I mean, she was in a ton of pain. That's why she was crying. But after a while, her whole body just kind of went numb. Yeah. Like, like I'm not. Yeah. She's yeah. basically like, I'm not here anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm. So what she started to do was listen. Because they were all, they were talking mm-hmm. to each other. Like, who's going next? Like, gross shit. So fucking gross. And she, uh she would catch people's names. Oh. And she was listening. So smart. Like, she, to be able to go through that and... And think I should listen for their yeah. names. 
So she's listening for their names and she realizes the one guy who is the meanest one. Mm-hmm. She was like, she seemed as, she was like, the meaner you were, the higher up in the hierarchy you were. Okay. So the biggest dick is the leader of this gang. Okay. So she figures out who that is. I'm going to say his name's John, but that might be wrong. Whatever. Um, Joe? Joe. I think it was Joe. Joe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter because he's a dick and we don't like him. Um, he was the one who, when she was crying while he was raping her, he like literally beat the shit out of her and told her to stop crying. And then um, once everybody was done with their little fun, they untied her and brought her into the living room. And it was just a lot of mental yeah. torture too. Um, they brought her out into the living room and they turned on music and th- at this point, they had nicknamed her the Queen's Daughter. Because I think at the time, there was a queen in Canada. Does that sound right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. They called her the Queen's Daughter. And so they were like, Queen's Daughter, dance for us. So she's just been raped for like multiple hours. And now they're like, dance for and us. And now they're Entertain like, emotionally, us. yeah. They're just fucking with her. So um, she didn't want to dance. So no. somebody shot a bullet <gasps> right past her try and make her dance and then another person shot a bullet and it just missed her oh my god and the guy whose mom's house it was was like hey you can't shoot guns in my mom's house i'm like the fuck man like oh, but you can rape, but you can a, rape girl a girl for two hours you sick ass so they decide that they need to leave they want to go get drugs fine so they put her in the car at this point she keeps saying i feel like just like a zombie like i'm totally elsewhere i'm not in my own body like i'm not this is not happening. They get to whatever the drug dealer's house is, and I'm going to call him Joe. I think that's right. The leader guy. Mm-hmm. He, he takes her aside. At this point, she's kind of like, I need to figure out like my plan. Like, yeah. What's my plan? So she's decided this whole thing for the entire group of men, and Joe especially, is um, power. This is all this is. Mm-hmm. When they were talking during the rape, she noticed it was all about like who's in charge, uh, who's in who's... charge, and I'm next, and you watch, and you fuck this, and da 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 da. It was all very like power. So she's like, okay, he wants me to come. I'm gonna be as submissive as possible so that he thinks that I am obeying him, like broken and obey. Got it. Yeah. So he takes her out. Um, they actually talk a little bit. Like normal people. Oh, how nice of him. Yeah. Real cool. Um, and eventually he gives her his gun and he shows her how to load it, how to aim it, how to fire it. And then he says, go ahead and put it in your pocket. So she puts it in her pocket and then they go to back to the party where everyone's doing drugs. And then... I don't know, a little bit later, he goes, okay, give me my gun back. And she said, I had thought that whole time I should just shoot this guy. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. She's like, but that's, that's me having power and that's not how I'm going to win this situation. Right. And there's 11 of them then. If she shoots him, right. then there's. Right. There's still a shit ton of guys. So, um, so she held onto the gun and when he said, give me my gun back, she did just that. And she said she could almost see him smile. Like, I got her. Mm-hmm. She's my bitch now. He also told her that she was going to be his whore, his woman, his whore. Ugh. And in her mind, she thought, I would rather die. Yeah. And at one point, I think she did say, when during the attack, when she was getting 
raped and stuff. She said, just kill me, just kill me, just kill me. And he got really mad and he said, I decide when you die. <gasps> and so she, in her head, she's like, fuck, like I am going to die tonight and he's going to be in charge of when and where and right. how. And she's just like terrified that they're going to find the most painful, awful way to kill her and then bury her body in some ditch. So they want to leave the um, drug dealer's house and um, they're getting ready to go. But let's just, let's take a little sidestep over to where Good Samaritan is locked in a trunk. Okay. So Good Samaritan locked in trunk gets out. I think somebody let him out. That part's a little fuzzy. Um, but he gets out of the trunk and he calls the police and he tells them, I'm this person. I just helped someone on the side of the road. She's Canadian. She had Canadian plates. Like, I think they took her back to Detroit. So he called while she was being abducted, tortured, okay. all that stuff. So at least now police in Detroit are on the move. Mm-hmm. And they have a description of her car, which they had stolen, and a description of the assailant's car. Okay. So um, so after they leave the drug house, the leader guy, Joe, again, don't know if that's his name, um, he says, all right, you can go. And all of his like other guys in the gang were like, what the fuck, man? No, she can't go. We got to kill her. We got a ditch ready to go. Like they literally had a ditch where they oh were going to bury God. her. And he's like, no, I said she can go. So he lets her go. Mm. She gets in her car. She starts to drive. He says, go this way. Like he told her before she left, you need to turn that way and go. And she didn't. She went oh. the opposite direction. So then these fuckers start following her in their car. Oh, no. So she's driving, and she said, I'm literally screaming in my car because I am so exhausted and physically hurt, and now they're following me, and, like, what is this game that they're playing? It's very, like, mentally – it's, like, mental anguish. It's awful. So she – she keeps driving. She finally at one point makes a left-hand turn. And as she turns the corner, she sees a police car <gasps> parked on the side of the road. She pulls up to the police car, gets out, and runs to that police officer. Oh, my God. And the guys in the, the car that following the gang, they sped off. And she was like, I'm Melissa McCormick. Like, I was just kidnapped. And he's like, are you the girl from Canada? And she's like, yes, that's me. So they bring her in. She's able to identify all of the guys. Wow. She's able to remember all of their names because she was, they were using their names in front of her and she was just memorizing like, okay, I'm like being tortured right now, but I can remember that you're this person and you're this person and That's you're this amazing. person. Um, and then she went to, um, she went back home and she said, obviously it's very hard to recover from something like that. Um, it, they actually said her rape became the most publicized sexual assault in Detroit history. Wow. Um, here's a sad part. Again, it was 1976. In Windsor, she was criticized for dressing in a flashy way Ugh. on the night of the rape. She was judged for moving out of her parents' house as an unmarried woman. Oh, my God. At a very young age. In the 70s? Yeah. Still? And people said she was asking for trouble mm-hmm. by visiting Detroit. So people were dicks. That's how it is. Um, she said the only thing that got her through going to, she had to go to the lineups and pick them out. She had to go to the trial and testify. She said the only thing that got her through any of that was the fact that she knew she could stop this from happening to someone else. Yeah. Um, She said she forgave her attackers a long time ago, which I was like, how? How? Yeah. How? Good for her, but. Um, So 28 years after the attack attack happened, she wrote a book about her experience. It's called The Queen's Daughter. Um, 
so she, I don't know, it's, it's very simply told is what she said, but it's painfully graphic. So again, trigger warning. I don't know if I'd necessarily like look this up because it, I was very uncomfortable yesterday, but mm-hmm. I already started watching this and already she's, kind of, she's already a badass. So I just kind of was like, she deserves to have her story told. Yeah. And yeah. And when the book came out, uh, the queen's daughter, uh, she said, all of these victims started calling me and asking how I, how I had handled certain situations. So she saved many other lives, I'm sure. Yeah, like people who had suffered attacks um, that were similar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she was able to say, this is how I got through it, and you can too. So um, she started a nonprofit organization to help other survivors uh, with counseling and help to overcome trauma like this. And she said she did it on her own for many years using her own money. Um, she said she lives a minimal life and couldn't afford much more. Um, and now she conducts a dinner fundraiser every year. And, um, she said right now everything is really busy because of the me too movement because women are fighting. They're showing their courage and strength to finally come forward and tell their story. I helped them move through their trauma. And I learned this is not only through counseling, but with my personal experiences. Um, the fundraiser gives, uh, survivors an opportunity to open up and share their feelings and also helps them to overcome the depression that often comes with sexual assault. Um, let's see. Maria Giorlando was Miss Canada in 2018. Um, and she is the vice president of Windsor's Optimist Club. Oh, I don't know what that is, but I like it. Okay. Keep it happy, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, this is Miss Canada 2018, keep being strong and sharing your stories. There's nothing more powerful than facing and having courage. Um, so she McCormick, Melissa McCormick said she had helped more than 5,000 victims. And the thing that she shares in common with them is, uh, she can share with them how she overcame her own trauma. So she's doing a lot of good in the community. Um, she was, she told her this story herself, mm-hmm. which I think was part of what made me so like, yeah, ah, this is uncomfortable. But, um, the fact that she in such a heated moment could remember to th- look at their faces. Like I said, look I can't even names. remember my neighbor's names, yeah. let alone. I mean, that's incredible. And she was able to describe the house that she was held in mm-hmm. when she was raped. And part mm-hmm. of the reason that they could locate that house is because, um, a, the direction she can kind of vaguely say it was in this area. Um, but then also when they went in the house with a search warrant, they saw the bullet holes where they tried <gasps> to shoot her. Oh my God. So I'm sure they all went to jail, I'm hoping. Yes, okay. they all did. Um, I think the main guy, Joe, again, I don't think that's his name, but I don't care. Um, he got life in prison. Good. Life. I don't know about the other guys, but I think they all, I mean, I think they all got some sort of prison term, mm-hmm. but he, since he was the... Ringmaster. Yeah, he got, he got the biggest punishment, which wow. I say, good for you. But Melissa is a badass. I, um, the story was, uh, or the video I was watching had... Cr- a lady named Charisma Carpenter, I think, is the host of it. Okay. And I think it's called Surviving Evil, I okay. believe is what it's called. Um. Anyway, if you guys are interested, that's another doodad that I am now hooked on and will be watching and Amazing. telling you stories from. Wow. <laughs> so if you don't want to watch it, don't worry, I'm going to tell you the stories from and it. And the guilt her friends, pro- I'm not, I mean, not that it's their fault, right. but like... I- if you left a friend somewhere and you were like, well, her, and, she had a sister, an older sister too, that usually stayed up and waited for her. And she said that night she just fell asleep mm. and she's like, I felt so guilty that I didn't notice that she yeah. didn't come home. My so God. it's, it's nobody's fault, but the dick wads that did it. Yeah. So I'm just glad that she's thriving. Yeah. 
and it's make amazing. it happen. It's a great story. So that's Melissa McCormick. A great ending to a story. Yes. Yeah. That's wow. it. Kenny. Kenny. Lighten us, us up. up. <laughs> lighten it up a little bit. Okay, good. <laughs> so a Kansas City man will pay you $25,000 oh. to find him what? A woman to marry. Okay. Danelle? Mm, a Kansas City or Kansas man. Doesn't Kansas matter. Kansas City man. Okay. Which isn't in it Kansas. Right. I know that after the Super Bowl <laughs> yes. tweet. Um, my goodness. I don't know. Um, Kenny, I don't know. <laughs> Wait. Give me a minute. Uh, I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. Jenny was right. Oh, <laughs> yes. Technically a girlfriend, but, but you know, Jenny was right. Yes. Find him a I woman. would have not. Yeah, I would have guessed something completely is different. He, is he into the ladies or the men? Uh, he's into ladies. Great. Okay. Yeah. Well, 25000 Yeah, he is 47. He's tired of dating apps, he said. And he has the money. He's like, what's $25,000 to find the love of your life? Is what or he said. Or the greediest motherfucker in the world. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> which one is it? And he's also going to give $25,000 to an animal shelter once he finds the... The woman one. of his dreams. Listen, call he has, like, me. A website I'll, I'll find a lady for you as long as that money goes in. Oh, well, there's like a website and a survey you wow, have to take. Okay. Like it's. I mean, not for me, but I, mean, I, I don't know guys. what I think of it. I'll, I'll show you guys a website after okay. this. Wow! 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 Okay. 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 I can't even handle that. Okay, that was that was an intense episode. That was intense. I need a nap now. <laughs> oh, I love lamp. Uh, okay, so. This has been Sip. Survive. And repeat. We'll be back next Tuesday, so we'll see you next Tuesday, guys. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.